I think the appeal of the opera will always rest on the character and colour of the music. What about the very beginning, the very opening chords, just a slam on the full orchestra straight into the prelude? Welcome to the Glyndebourne Podcast. That's enough to set everybody up in their seats. They're in for something really exciting. A temptress. In Carmen, it's freedom and game and surprise. Who ensnares all who are exposed to her charms. The femme fatale at its most extreme. And trades her life for independence. She says, I was born free and free I shall die. I'm Katie Derham and today we're running wild with Carmen. Hot, exotic Andalusia. The setting for a doomed love affair where the romantic but naive soldier Don Jose is led astray by the bewitching Carmen. For Bizet, Spain was warm and colourful, but with a dark and dangerous side, much like the opera's femme fatale. And that is the appeal for mezzo-soprano Stephanie Dustrak. She has no limits, so it's for the public. is very, oh my God, wow! How can she do that? And how can she say that? And with the singing, we can play with the voice. You can uh, be very sensual or very cold. We have to be very expressive, so it's very uh, pleasure for the the singer. Bizet's Carmen is a wild and mysterious creature who's lusted after by all those who lay eyes upon her. She's given centre stage before the audience even meet her, as the soldiers and townsmen anxiously await her arrival. When she, she comes, everybody's, oh, wow, she's coming, and, and she knows that, I think, so she plays with that. As a gypsy, Carmen is marked out as the dangerous other, one who is both alluring and elusive. Glyndebourne's dramaturg, Corey Ellison. One of the things that makes the, the character of Carmen so fascinating is, is she's an outsider. She's a gypsy. Carmen's language is slithery and scary and chromatic, filled with slithery half-steps. This is a musical metaphor for what was seen as gypsy deception, stealthiness, mystery. So it's kind of the musical illustration of how Carmen crosses that line with this social system that just cannot tolerate her. From the beginning, she's playing with the rhythm, with the melody, and all is very um, like a cat, you know? It's not pam 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 It's very uh, soft. Mm-hmm. 
The Habanera is one of the most famous tunes from Bizet's Carmen, but he unwittingly borrowed it from the Spanish composer Sebastián Eradier, thinking it was a folk song. He later credited Eradier in the score. Musicologist Hugh MacDonald. Bizet made it very special by this repetitive figure in the cellos. And the habanera rhythm over which she has this sliding chromatic tune. It's, it's extraordinarily seductive. Her philosophy, which is, watch out for yourself. Nobody's going to take care of you except yourself. And uh, she's like a bird on the wing. She's ready to move on. Her enthralling sensuality has mesmerized the men, who beg her to choose a lover. Teasingly, she throws a flower towards Don José, the only man ignoring her. José is shocked by her impetuous nature, a stark contrast to his delicate childhood sweetheart, the pure epitome of 19th century European morality, Michaela. Corey Allison again. The music of French romantic lyricism is the musical language which is spoken by Don José and Michaela. Very good example of this is the duet that Michaela and Don José sing in Act One. The duet with Michaela in Act One has the most glorious melody. Bizet's gift of melody really at its very best. music demonstrates how Carmen and José are worlds apart. We get into the music that starts to mark Carmen out as other, as different. And this is the music of exoticism. Whilst on military duty, Don José is ordered to arrest Carmen, who's attacked a female co-worker with a knife. But, much like the rebellious bird of love, Carmen is not easy to tame. Once alone with José, she seduces him with a Spanish folk dance, the Segadilla. I like this moment. It's very pleasant to sing and very pleasant to act, so no, no, it's very nice. (laughs) 
sort of seduction and manipulation and fun. And for the voice, it's uh, it's a caress. Bizet was commissioned to compose a work for the Parisian opera company known as the Opéra Comique. Performances for this theatre were typically family shows that were conservative in style and rarely contained graphic portrayals of death and tragedy. But Bizet boldly chose to write an opera based on Prosper Merimée's popular and racy novella, Carmen. When Bizet wrote Carmen, he broke just about all of those rules. And in fact, the director of the theatre, Camille Duloc, asked Bizet and his librettist to tone down the realism. He was alarmed at the fact that the heroine is killed on stage. He was alarmed at her blatant sexuality. They thought that the story of Carmen would be shocking, bad for community morals as though the daughters of their patrons would want to imitate Carmen and lead the same sort of life. What they could not foresee was that this opera would have an extraordinary future. And I think they could see that it was no bad thing to have a shocker every now and then to shake up the system. José is now utterly captivated by Carmen. And just as he's given up everything, his commitment to military service, his loyalty to Micaela, Bizet introduces a love rival, the bullfighter, Escamillo. The Spanish music is something which he, he does so well that it's actually contributed to the enormous success of the opera. Bizet didn't need to become Spanish or study Spanish music. He, he just had this kind of thing at his fingertips. He was an extremely versatile, gifted composer. Escamillo quickly sets his sights on Carmen but she brushes him aside. She's awaiting a visit from José, who's just been released from jail for allowing Carmen to escape punishment for her knife attack. In a passionate display of her love, Carmen performs a wordless song for José, accompanied by her own castanets. Singer Stephanie Dustrac again. It's the moment of love of sensuality, it's a very special moment. And th this music goes in our beats of our heart. It's very physical. We touch with our skin. It's a physical pleasure. Soon, Carmen's seductive melody is pitted against the sounds of a bugle, calling Don José back to his military obligations. 
he's torn between his temptress and his responsibilities. Musicologist Hugh MacDonald. I don't think there's any character like Carmen, none that has that dynamic power, the femme fatale at its most extreme. And yet she is adorable, as Don José knows. He can't resist her. A mere hint of hesitation, and Carmen decides José doesn't love her. He tries to prove his affections by showing her the flower that she threw to him when they first met. In the great song he sings, La fleur que tu m'as jeté, that is a real love song. It's one of the most beautiful moments in the opera. We're just entranced. How could anybody not respond to it? And the most shocking thing is that as soon as it's over, we're all bowled over by this music and probably applauding as well. And Carmen just replies, Tu ne m'aimes pas, you don't love me. Unconvinced, Carmen demands that José escape with her to the countryside, and tricky circumstances soon force him to do so. But Carmen grows bored of him soon after. Mezzo-soprano Stephanie Dustrak struggles to feel any sympathy for her. I don't like Carmen. She's uh, selfish. I think freedom is its the most important thing for her, and that's why she has no doubts and no fears. This opera is about, and all of her music underlines this incredible drive to be true to herself and to be free, no matter what the costs. You can't not just feel awe about her incredible life force. This same thing that makes her fascinating also dooms her. Throughout the opera, an inescapable tragic destiny hangs over the character of Carmen, a fate that foresees her inevitable death and the death of José. Carmen features an all-important musical motif that starts at the very, very beginning and weaves its way all through the opera. And that is the fate motif, which also becomes synonymous with the character of Carmen. We first hear the fate motif in Act One, in the prelude to Act One, before we even hear any singing. (laughs) 
We also hear this fate motif right before Carmen's first entrance. We hear it again in Act One when she very deliberately walks toward Don Jose and throws the rose at him. And then in Act Three, we hear it during Carmen's card aria where she talks about fate. Every time it comes, you recognize it. It stands out. And it's already got something very sinister and pessimistic built into it. And finally, very importantly, we hear it in Act 4, during the final scene, during the deadly confrontation between Don Jose and Carmen. The unrestrained Carmen is too much in love with freedom and her selfish desires to be faithful to Don José, and she soon turns her affections to Escamillo. It's a betrayal that Don José cannot handle. Bizet's opera builds to an exhilarating and unexpected climax. The final scene of Carmen is one of the most brilliant creations. It's just dramatically perfect. The tremendous dramatic irony between what's going on offstage, which is a violent victory by Escamillo against the bull, and what's going on on stage, which ultimately is a violent victory by Don Jose against Carmen. That's catastrophic, whereas what's going on inside the bullring, which is also a violent death, is considered uh, triumphant. An untamable vixen and a murderous lover. It was the opposite to the modesty and decorum that characterised French society. Stephanie Dustrac says Bizet couldn't allow Carmen to live. I think the public need her death. We can't accept someone so with no fears, with no doubt. She's too strong. Her friends warn her and say, Don José is there and he's dangerous. But she is completely resigned to the fact that she will die. She doesn't attempt to escape or deny Don José his, his passion. And that is extraordinary. So strong. <laughs> it's powerful. It's it's uh, it's uh, violent. It's uh, yeah, so many things to to play. It's uh, it's it's a pleasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
The music we've been listening to is taken from the Glyndebourne label recording of Carmen recorded in 2002. Philippe Jourdain conducts the London Philharmonic Orchestra with Anne-Sophie Vonotta as Carmen. <laughs> 